Hello and welcome to Simon Speaks, a public speaking podcast. Do you struggle with the fear of public speaking? Do you suffer with nerves, anxiety or stage fright whenever you're required to speak in front of a group? Do you find yourself comfortable in some situations, like social groups or smaller settings, then find yourself becoming anxious when the audience or formality change? In this series, I'll be speaking to guest speakers and drawing on my own experience, from terrified teenager to UK award-winning speaker. I'll be sharing tips on how to overcome your fear of public speaking, how to refine your delivery and presentation skills, and how to make sure that your words and your message have a lasting impact. If you're ready to lose your fear and find your voice, let's get started. Hello everybody, thank you very much for tuning in to episode four of Simon Speaks, a public speaking podcast with me, your host, Simon Day. I'm going to talk about something today because it's January and the new year was not too long ago. Something that might be of interest to many of you, might bring you inspiration, motivation. To others, it might be a borderline swear word, depending on how you feel about it. I'm going to talk about goals today. Something that we don't really talk too much about through the year, but when we get to December, January, it seems to become the buzzword, everybody's conversation, and then by the end of January, many of us seem to have either failed at our goals or forgotten about them altogether and then 11 months go by and we get back into the same cycle the next year. I want to talk today about goals, how to make them more realistic, how to make them more meaningful and effective so that they actually have part of our lives. Now I don't know what things you intend for your life overall or this year, It might be that you want to improve your health, your fitness, learn a new language, develop a new skill, overcome a fear of public speaking. I don't know, but I hope that something that we share today together might help you go forward and have a more effective time of setting realistic goals, achieving them, but making progress. And that's what we all aim to achieve. Uh, Of course it is, is progress. I haven't set any specific goals this year so far. I didn't set any specific ones in December. I have set specific goals at the start of each year for about the last 10 years. And I have to say, a lot of the things that I've achieved and a lot of the progress that I've made in the last 10 years has been because I set those specific goals. But there are a few things about goals that I want to cover today that might change uh, your thinking on it, might give you some new ideas, might bring some new things to the front. I decided not to write down any specific goals just yet. What I wanted the new year to be was a time of quiet reflection and recommitment. And when that reflection and recommitment has concluded, I will probably write down some specific goals and set towards working for them. But I think sometimes we can get into this habit of goals is the buzzword, I must set some specific, really ambitious, challenging goals, and then I need to work towards them this year. And without necessarily thinking too carefully about the process, we can get ourselves into a position where we've set these goals with no real plan in mind of how to achieve them, no strategy, and we set these ridiculously ambitious challenges, and by two weeks, three weeks into January, we've either forgotten them or we've failed at them. And we get ourselves discouraged and down, and then we don't know where to go from there. What I did in the early part of January was I took some time aside deliberately to just reflect on the year. 
I didn't write down any goals, but what I did write down were some key experiences that I'd had last year and things that perhaps I did well or things that I did wrong. And I wrote those little notes down and those little experiences down. And I started to think about what I'd learned from those experiences. So I quietly reflected and then I recommitted. And I decided I was going to do better this year. It's only at this point in late January that I'm at a point of putting those thoughts and feelings into written goals that I'm going to strive for this year. So it's not been as quick a process as it normally is, but it's been a more deliberate process. And I think that's going to pay off better this year. We get our month January from the Roman god Janus, who has two faces, one looking backwards and one looking forwards. And I've tried to pattern that reflection I've just talked about after that idea. You look backwards, you think about what you've learned, and then you look forwards to think about how you're going to apply what you've learned this year. That's what I intend to do with the goals that I'll be writing down quite soon. The next thing I want to discuss is this idea of we set these goals at the start of January and we can very quickly become discouraged. There's an important principle here that I don't think we talk about often enough. The changing of the 31st of December to the 1st of January every year doesn't automatically solve problems. It doesn't wipe the slate clean. It doesn't provide a blank canvas. We might be carrying through a canvas with some dark marks on it. Some of us might be struggling with financial challenges. Some of us might be struggling with physical or mental health. Some of us might be struggling with a bereavement. Some of us might be struggling with our employment. The political and social challenges around us in our area and in the world doesn't disappear at the start of a new year. These things don't disappear. So we step into the 1st of January with mostly the same set of equipment that we ended the previous year with. The 1st of January doesn't just cure everything. And sometimes we maybe think it's that way. We set these ambitious, challenging goals, believing that we are somehow on the 1st of January a brand new person capable of achieving anything just because we wrote it down. Now, I don't wish to curb anybody's ambition here, but what I am suggesting is that we need to acknowledge that there are sometimes previously underlying challenges that we need to account for. And if we're facing any of these challenges, then setting a ridiculously high and ambitious goal is only going to discourage us when we face the inevitable adversity that might come from a pre-existing world or a pre-existing condition that we have in our lives. Have we moderated our goals and our expectation accordingly? Have we aimed for progress rather than perfection? I'm a park runner. I've been a park runner for about five years. And five years ago, I set myself an ambition that I wanted to run a park run in under 20 minutes. At the time, I'd been a runner for quite a while. I'd liked running. And I was running a park run when I first started in about 24 and a half. So I had four and a half minutes to take off. Now, if I'd set the goal to run 20 minutes within 12 months, I wouldn't have achieved it. I don't think I would because I had other priorities in my life. I was newly married, a young father. I had a career that I was trying to get off the ground. And there were so many other competing things in my life that were simply more important. 
Now, if I'd said to myself at that point, I need to run under 20 minutes by the end of December, I wouldn't have even got close because I wasn't able to devote the time necessary to achieving that goal. But what I had was perspective and I said, if I run the park run regularly, eventually I will get quicker. I'll also be healthier and in better shape to look after my children and to do the things I need to do in my life. Five years later, here I am. And the last couple of weeks at the end of December, I ran on a treadmill, a 5k in 20 minutes and 56 seconds. I'm not there yet, but I'm just about nearly four minutes quicker than I was five years ago. But because I haven't run in under 20 minutes yet, I've failed, haven't I, according to my goal that I set five years ago. I certainly failed because I didn't do it in one year. I haven't done it in five. But the progress that I've seen, the improvement that's been made, and the overall benefit to my life far exceeds if I hadn't set the goal in the first place. There's this saying that I read quite a while ago, and it always makes me laugh. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. If you haven't set a goal 20 years ago, or several years ago, then the best time to do it is now, to start making that progress. A tree doesn't grow in 12 months. If you want a product like a tree, or something of substantial impact or import, it's not going to happen in a nicely defined 12-month period. We don't learn that way. We don't grow that way. Growth is not measurable by 12-month periods. It's a messy, arduous process at times. And so I think sometimes we're too heavy on ourselves by saying, I want to achieve this by this point. If I were to set that goal of running a 20-minute park run by the end of December, five years ago, and I wouldn't have achieved it, and I would have beaten myself up for that, I probably would have given up running. But I haven't. I've taken a wider view. Now, at this present time, I'm running 20 minutes 56 on a treadmill. So what if I were to say that by the end of this year, I take off those last 56 seconds? Well, with the priorities I've got in my life and the other things I'm juggling, that might just be achievable. But if I was still running 24 and a half, it wouldn't be. Because I can't run often enough to get off those four and a half minutes. So it's a case of thinking to yourself, where am I at the moment in my journey? Where do I ultimately want to get to? Is that achievable in 12 months? If the answer is yes, set the goal. If the answer is no, it's not achievable within the next 12 months, then we have to do what's called an intermediate goal. What can I set myself between the position I'm in and the position I want to be that is a step closer to that goal without giving myself unrealistic unrealistic expectations to achieve it more quickly than I should? That's where goal setting becomes impactful. It's about can I set a realistic, achievable, yes, time-bound goal, but it's got to be realistic for the time scale. There's a quote that I love, and I've shared this recently on some short social media work that I've been doing. And it puts everything back into perspective, and I love this. Ralph Waldo Emerson, American writer from the 19th century. And he said, finish each day and be done with it. You've done what you could. 
Some blunders and some absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it too well and in too high a spirit and too serenely to be encumbered by your old nonsense. I love that quote. And it puts it back into perspective that if we get it wrong, if we fall short, if we're struggling, we don't need to write off and wait for a new year. We just need to wait for a new day and we can start again the next day. If we treated every day like we treated the start of a new year, how much more progress would we make? I was hearing a conversation towards the back end of last year in October when I was standing in a post office. And it was two people talking about, I think it was diets. And one said to the other, how's, how's that new diet of yours going that you started? And the person had said, oh, well, it's not going great at the moment. And I, I think I'm just going to write it off now till after Christmas and start again in January. This was October. There were still nearly three months of the year left, a quarter of the year. And somebody decided to write off three months and start again in January. If you did that, that's a quarter of your life that you've just lost. So we start each day anew. And if we got our goal wrong yesterday or we got our expectations wrong yesterday, then we can try again today. And if we got it wrong today, we can try again tomorrow. We don't need to write off and wait for the next neat time frame to begin so that we can think about achieving our goals. It's a daily, gradual, one thing at a time process. There is something to be said for writing goals down. It automatically makes you more likely to achieve them. So once goals are written and in a visible place and referred to often, massively increases your chance of achieving them. So once you've got those achievable goals, and once the expectations are realistic and reflective of your circumstances and the world around, then obviously we can start to look at achieving those things. Another piece of advice is that James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, sent out a tweet a few weeks ago that I really liked. He said, you don't have to just add things to your life to benefit it. You can cut things as well. And he said this year, consider cutting one thing that takes too much of your time, one thing that's not giving you the reward that you want, one person that's toxic, one thing that's an addiction. Remove these things and your life will automatically improve. So a goal doesn't necessarily have to be, what can I add to my life? A goal could be, what can I remove? What can I stop doing? What can I do less of? And again, that gives you more options. I want to go on now to refer to an article that I wrote a little while ago, back in July 19. So about six or seven months ago. And... This is available on my website, simonspeaks.co.uk, and I'll also put a link to the full article as I do each episode when I mention an article. I'll put it in the description under the episode. Uh, the the article is called Goals Driving You Forward, Not Up the Wall, which I thought for a long time about. I quite like that title. And I use the analogy of learning to drive. This is the 10-year anniversary of me learning to drive. I learned... Uh, to drive and pass my test in January 2010. So it's exactly 10 years since I learned to drive. And that, I suppose, had me reflecting on what the process of learning to drive was like. Those of you that drive cars and have been driving a while, you might completely have forgotten. Uh, but you might be like me whenever you find a learner driver on the road and they absolutely do your head in. You forget that you were once one of them. Now, this article, uh, Goals Driving You Forward, Not Up the Wall, I use this analogy about driving. 
And I take you back to that time, if you're a driver, when you first sat in the driver's seat of a car. You spent the entirety of your life up to that point as a passenger and not really paying attention to what the person driving the car was doing. You might be looking out the window or reading or using your phone, doing something else. And you get to this point where suddenly you sit in the driver's seat of a car and you're looking around at all these controls and you think, goodness me, there's dials and switches and levers a steering wheel and indicators and lights and mirrors and seatbelts and handbrakes and I don't know what all of these things do and I certainly don't ever think I'll get this car moving anywhere. It feels like you've landed on another planet and you think, how on earth can I even move this car, let alone drive it somewhere? And then you start trying and there's the whole thing about clutch control and trying to find that biting point and endless stalling, hitting the curbs when you're practicing your manoeuvres. Uh, and then you've got to deal with roundabouts and traffic lights and so many things happening. But gradually, there are useful principles that you can start to learn to help you. So my dad did some of the, the teaching of helping me drive. And there were things like mirror, signal, manoeuvre. You might know this one. You look in your mirror, then you put your indicator on, then you perform the manoeuvre. You do what's called the cockpit check before you set off. So you look around the cockpit of the car you check the handbrake, you look at the mirror, you look at the gear lever, you make sure it's in neutral, you make sure your mirrors are adjusted, you put your seatbelt on, and then you start the car. So you do these things and these principles help you to improve uh, the way that you drive and the way that you approach driving. Uh, I always remember the tyres and tarmac rule. I still use this 10 years later. Whenever I'm stopping behind another car at a junction or a traffic light, tyres and tarmac. Can you see the tyres of the car in front and some tarmac? If not, you're too close to the car in front and you've got a risk of, of nudging them or uh, not leaving them enough space. And so I still use that one. So you learn these little principles that help make driving more efficient and safer. So you get to the point of you taking driving tests, you put those principles into practice and hopefully, second time as I did, you pass your driving test. What I've come to realise is that achieving goals in life works much the same way as driving. I want to provide something of a parallel between driving and working towards goals, some of the common frustrations that we experience in setting goals. So I refer briefly to the article where I share an exchange uh, between Alice in Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat. Before you step into a car, it's usually a good idea to have a destination in mind of a place you want to go. Because if you don't, you either never set off or you end up driving aimlessly around in circles. So there's this conversation in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland between Alice and the Cheshire Cat. And it goes like this. Alice says to the Cheshire Cat, Would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here? The cat responds, That depends a good deal on where you want to get to. And Alice says, Well, I don't really care much where. And the cat says, it doesn't matter much which way you go then. Alice says, so long as I get somewhere. To which the cat replies, you're sure to do that if you just walk for long enough. When we're setting goals, are we definite about the destination? Because if we are, then there's only one route that we need to take, which is the route that will get us there. And anything else is merely a distraction. Once we've set a clear goal in mind and we're working towards it, 
when we're confronted by a situation, then we can say to ourselves, is this something that's going to contribute to my goal or is it not? And that throws everything into sharper focus and helps us know what to embrace and what to avoid. So once you've got your destination, you then need some route planning. And it helps if you have done this in advance so that you know where you're going. We do have sat-navs these days, but it helps to know if you're planning a long journey, rest breaks uh, and other things like that. And making sure that you've prepared your vehicle in advance. Now, there are enough unexpected occurrences on a journey, like traffic and potential accidents and weather conditions, without us being negligent of this good planning. So, a long journey, as I say, would take into account things like rest or potentially overnight stops, and then you check your vehicle. So, your tyre pressures, your fuel, your oil, your water level, food and clothing, puncture repair kit, whatever else that you feel like you need to put in your car. Then as you set out on your journey, you might be met with those unanticipated challenges like roadworks or closures or weather or traffic or or accidents. And you can't do a lot about those, but the frustration can be minimised if you prepare for the things you can control. So if you've decided that you're going to focus on the things you can control and you've got those in order, then that's half the battle. One of the hardest things when reaching a goal is overcoming the adversity that you don't expect. It's so much more difficult, almost impossible, when we don't account for adversity that comes as a result of our lack of planning or our poor decision making. And so we have to take those things into consideration. And there are things we can plan for. So when you've got a goal in mind, it's things like how many times a week am I going to work on it? Where? For how long, with who, and to what end. And this is all part of goal setting. The more specific you are, the more likely you are to hold yourself to it and to achieve it. Then you get the unexpected setbacks. But as long as you keep a view of the whole route in mind, you'll experience less frustration. Because you'll know that when something comes along, okay, this is something that I didn't plan for. The things that I did plan for are in hand. Then you've got the vehicle itself. Now, when you're going on a long journey, you've got your car. When you're going on a long journey through life, you have your mind and your body. They're the vehicles of your life journey, and you only get one of each. So we have to look after them, and we have to maintain them. If you think about a car, it needs a careful balance of the right fluids and substances to work properly, so oils, water, fuel, brake fluid, etc., Our bodies are very much the same way. They're pretty delicate machines and they need specific things. So food, exercise, sleep patterns uh, to perform at the right level. And as you get to know yourself better, you know what you can cope with and what you can't. And so your body starts to make you aware of, of the different needs that it has as time goes by. And this comes into... The, the point that there are a variety of things that can either be addictive or destructive to either our mind uh, and our body. number of substances, legal or illegal, uh, that can affect us. And in stressful situations, we're probably more likely to indulge in those kinds of things. Do we have a proper channel? Do we have a calming routine that allows us to manage stress properly and not engage in something that might damage ourselves, our health, 
or our relationships with, with other people. So whatever form it takes, whether mental or physical, nourishment, exercise, looking after mental health, de-stressing, meditation, writing things, whatever whatever form it takes, that proper maintenance of your mind and your body will help you on your journey towards your goal, towards increased efficiency, more resilience and ultimately longevity. Uh, I do parkrunning and I run not necessarily to achieve the goal. I do have the goal, but a massive underlying reason as to why I run is for longevity. I want my body to be as good a shape as I can for as long as it can so that I can help look after my children. And then there's some concluding thoughts about the journey as a whole. There's this quote from an American newspaper in 1973 by Jenkins Lloyd-Jones, and I want to read this to you because it's brilliant. It's in the article, but I'm going to share it here. Anyone who imagines that bliss is normal is going to waste a lot of time running around shouting that he or she has been robbed. The fact is, most putts don't drop. Most beef is tough. Most children grow up to be just people. Most successful marriages require a high degree of mutual toleration. Most jobs are often dull than otherwise. Life is like an old-time railway journey. Delays, sidetracks, smoke, dust, cinders and jolts. Interspersed only occasionally by beautiful vistas and thrilling bursts of speed. The trick is to be grateful that you've had the ride. Isn't that great? I think that's brilliant. Summarises it brilliantly. Some days, if you equate it back to the car thing, you'll be sailing along the open road, roof down, sun in your face, wind in your hair, and other times you'll be at the side of the road completely broken down, whether that's you (laughs) or the car. You might have a puncture, something might start raining, another car drives through a puddle and soaks you, you kick the car, curse the day you bought it, and you'll wonder what's happening and how far you've come and you'll lose sight of where you're going. Here's the closing advice. All storms and breakdowns are temporary. First it hurts and then it makes you stronger. There are two other things to consider when you're on your journey and you're striving to reach your goal. Never let anybody else touch your steering wheel. Never let anybody else decide that they are going to choose your direction. Your car is your car. Don't let anyone persuade you to go down a side road or even worse, don't get out of your car and let somebody else sit in the driver's seat. When people say things to us or uh, act a certain way, we can allow them to control our vehicle. Don't let anybody do that. But the further you travel, the more experienced you get. You'll know the car better, you'll know yourself better, and you'll know how to plan and how to become a bit less frustrated about the things that will happen along the way. Now this has all been about goal setting. I hope you start to enjoy the journey. People might think you've gone mad when they see you smile. But by all means, set goals. By all means, work towards them. But make sure they're realistic, reflective of your circumstances and the amount you're able to prioritise them. And I hope that you don't beat yourself up too much this year. If you're struggling in early January, I'm struggling in early January too. But we will get there. One step, one day, one part of the journey at a time. Thanks again. SimonSpeaks.co.uk or at SpeakingSimon. I'd love to hear from you and I hope today has been useful for you. Thanks very much for tuning in and I will speak to you again next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Simon Speaks, a public speaking podcast. I hope you found today's content useful in helping you to become a more effective communicator. 
please visit my website simonspeaks.co.uk for more articles, information, tips and videos on the art of public speaking and effective communication. Please send me a tweet at Speaking Simon for any questions, feedback or suggestions for future episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and I look forward to speaking with you again next time.